the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The El Conservador Radio Show is sponsored by the Federation for American Immigration Reform and George Rodriguez on 930 AM, The Answer. Time for the El Conservador Radio Show with George Rodriguez. George is a constitutional conservative who loves to expose fake news and liberals. Be a part of the show. Call 210-308-8867. And now, El Conservador, George Rodriguez. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas. Welcome to our show, my friends. We've got a good one today. We've got a packed uh, list of guests, and they are excellent. We're going to be talking, my friends, about what happened this past week in uh, Washington, D.C. with the failure of the Mayorkas uh, impeachment, as well as the battle between dueling uh, immigration bills. Uh, it looks like the Senate bill is completely dead, but apparently the one in the House is not going anywhere either. So, um, first of all, let me thank our, our sponsor, FAIR, the Federation for American Immigration Reform. They are the foremost uh, organization that uh, fights, lobbies, uh, defends, argues for legal immigration, controlled legal immigration, and border security, my friends. If you want to know anything about FAIR, go to the website fairus.org, fairus.org, and you will learn a ton. All right, so let me tell you who our guests are. First of all, we've got Mr. Simon Hankinson, who is a senior fellow at uh, the Heritage Foundation in Washington, D.C. Simon is going to be telling us about what happened this past week in the politics in D.C. with regards to addressing the border crisis. That includes the the failure of the Mayorkas uh, uh, impeachment, as well as these two dueling uh, immigration bills uh, that have now kind of uh, fallen apart and uh, leaves us dealing with the problem still, my friends. We then have um, our next guest is going to be Mr. Uh, Joe uh, Rathmull, who is the Zapata County judge. He's going to be telling us about what his county is facing with regards to the open border. His county, Zapata County, is right on the border, and uh, he's going to be telling us about what uh, they face and the challenges they've got. Uh, our next guest is, is uh, Miss Emma Jo Morris. Emma Jo is uh, the political editor and a columnist. She is a political editor for Breitbart as well as a, a columnist. And uh, she is going to be talking to us, uh, giving us a report out of New York where she is based. She's going to be telling us what is happening in New York City, a firsthand report of what is happening with the border. This is the second this is the second phase, as we call it, the second phase of the uh, border crisis. What is happening because of the illegal aliens in your backyard, in the cities, in your communities? She's going to be reporting about that. Our final guest is Mr. Willie Cantu, retired San Antonio police officer. And Willie uh, is going to be talking about also the second phase of the illegal immigration of the border crisis in our backyard. He's going to be talking about what happens when the illegal, when the open borders meets the defund the police. He's going to be talking to us from a uh, police officer point of view, particularly about the attacks in New York. With uh, regarding the the attacks by the illegal aliens on uh, on the New York police officers, my friends, this is a terrible time as it is to be a police officer. Really, really a difficult time because of the lack of support and disrespect the police officers are getting. Then you add to it a culture of thuggery by these illegal aliens that are coming from Venezuela, Cuba, 
Haiti, all these places where there is no law, where there's lawlessness. And you think they're going to respect our police officers, my friends? You're going to want to hear what what, uh, Willie has to say. So, my friends, once again, thank you very, very much for joining us. uh, I hope that you'll tell your friends, and I hope that you will spread, um, share this uh, 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 radio show with folks. We uh, post it and, uh, on social media, and you can take it, and you can share it with folks. So, without further ado, let's go to our first guest. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio. And we've got our good friend, Mr. Simon Hankinson, who is a senior fellow at the Heritage Foundation in Washington, D.C. I wanted to reach out to him and ask him about the two big situa- the two big events that happened, the two big uh, situations in, in uh, Washington with regards to the immigration bill, what happened to it, what's going on, where is it going, as well as the, the Mayorkas... Uh, Impeachment, which failed, I believe, by four, maybe, I, I could be wrong, by, by about four votes. Simon, thank you very, very much for taking time to be with us, buddy. Th- welcome to the show. It's always a pleasure to be with you. Uh, so tell us, Simon, what has happened? What happened with these two uh, things that that we that a lot of us out here in the hinterland were hoping for, uh, particularly with uh, H2, uh, the House bill that uh, doesn't look like it's gone anywhere with regards to immigration. No, uh, unfortunately, you're talking about what they call HR two, the Secure the Border bill, yes. um, which was an excellent piece of legislation if you care about border security and uh, illegal immigration and legal immigration, honestly, because that's always forgotten is that this uh, administration kind of blends the two together so there's no difference. Um, but we all know that there is a big difference between the legal immigrants, about a million who come here a year, and the uh, Eight million or so illegal immigrants that have been let in under this administration. So HR two made made it past the House, um, but it didn't have much of a future in the Senate. Um, and so this was an attempt. This compromise bill was a nightmarish Frankenstein, where they tried to cobble together uh, about sixty billion in funding for Ukraine, um, about fifteen billion for Israel, including money for Gaza. Uh, and then a border, so-called border security money, which ended up being about $20 billion. And frankly, not we weren't very optimistic, those of us that are uh, in favor of, of staying immigration policy, we weren't very optimistic that there would be something passed that we could uh, live with. And frankly, when it came out, it was, it was like 200 pages of, I call it one step forward and, and 10 steps back. Um, it simply was an awful, awful piece of legislation. It allowed, it locked in... Uh, thousands of 5,000 illegal alien crossers a day who would be released into the country and then be entitled to all kinds of taxpayer-funded benefits. Um, it kept in place uh, the parole system that the Biden administration has abused. It supposedly had a, uh, an expelling power that, like what we had under Title 42, but it was at the discretion of President Biden and, uh, and Al Mayorkas, his Secretary of Homeland Security. Well, what we've seen for three years is that these two guys have no interest in enforcing federal law when it comes to immigration, and they will use every discretionary means that they can get their hands on to open the door as wide as possible. So, uh, And there's a whole bunch of other terrible provisions in there. Uh, free lawyers for for all of the uh, unaccompanied minors, not all of whom are minors. There's been almost a half a million so far uh, under under Biden. Well, just imagine the cost of public defenders uh, for for all of those guys. Remember, American citizens don't get free public lawyers when it comes to civil matters. So this is yet again putting foreign nationals who are illegally here ahead of United States citizens and legal immigrants. So uh, all in all, a bit of a disaster. Wow. Now, as far as the Senate bill that was um, crafted and compromised by um, uh, Senator Lankford, um, where what has happened to that? Oh, I'm I'm sorry. I wasn't I wasn't being clear. It is really confusing, even to to those of us who follow it closely. I, that's what I was just talking about. Oh, gotcha. Yes, so this, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. The, gotcha. the, the Lankford the, the the bill that Senator Lankford was negotiating with uh, Senator Cinema and Murphy, I believe. Yeah, it was part of. So we call it the Senate Border Bill, but it was really part of what's called a supplemental. It's called the Emergency National Security Supplemental Appropriations Act of 2024. <laughs> Meaning, we still haven't passed an Appropriations Act of 2024. So before we've even got a budget, 
they want to drive a hundred plus billion dollar truck right through that <laughs> hole. That's incredible. So, that is really yeah. that that is really it, shameful. <laughs> My gosh. I, what they call regular order, passing normal budgets, discussing issues one by one, uh, seems to be out the window. I, I've been out of Washington for most of my career, so uh, I really wasn't paying as much attention to it as I as I do now. But it doesn't seem to me any way to, to run a restaurant here that if you've got Israel, uh, you've got uh, Ukraine, you've got national security and the border, they're all important, but they're all different. And they shouldn't be lumped together in, in a way that senators only and congressmen only have an up or down vote, yes or no, to a whole package. Some of which is good, and some of which stinks. Right. Well, you know that that's terrible. So I would imagine that HR two, uh, the secure the border bill, that's pretty much uh, the Senate's going to ignore that pretty much, aren't they? Yeah. Well, I I hate to be pessimistic, but I, I don't see any any possibility of that uh, wow. passing the Senate. Um, there just aren't the votes. Yeah. That, that, that's 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 very disturbing. Well, let's move to the other uh, bit of bad news that we got, which is that there was a failure of the impeachment of Mayorkas. What the heck happened there? Yeah, that was a little confusing. Um, as, as you probably know, uh, the House has a, a pretty thin majority, Republican majority, and they've lost um, a few uh, members recently. Uh, Kevin McCarthy, the, the former speaker, resigned. George Santos, the, uh, the cartoon character from New York State, um, he was forced out. Um, Steve Scalise, uh, who, who's really a, a, a fighter in every respect, um, is, is battling cancer and wasn't able to be there. So they had a very thin um, majority, and then four members decided to vote against uh, impeachment. And, you know, look, they had their reasons for doing so. Mike Gallagher's one, and he explained it in a way that, you know, I, I respect. Um, I, I don't, I don't you know, fault them for, for having principles. But, and then at the last minute, this was the part I had to get a friend here to explain to me. Um, someone who would have voted yes voted no because by some House procedural rule, that allows them to have a second vote. So it's not dead. Uh, it's, it's not. Yeah, the, the Mallorca's impeachment um, vote in the House has another crack, and it's possible they still will vote to impeach. Uh, that's that. That's good. At least that's a, a little bit of a silver lining. Uh, so what do you see um, from, from the vantage point of the Heritage Foundation? What do you see uh, in the future for addressing the border crisis? I mean, we're seeing it not only at the border now, but now the second phase, which is everything that's going on in the... Um, urban communities like uh, in New York and in Denver, what uh, what is going to happen with this crisis that we're facing? Well, uh, you know, I, I have a crystal ball that's just as good as yours, um, covered, in, <laughs> covered in black paint. But I will, I will observe a couple of things, all right? Now, I've always been, I'm a legal immigrant myself. Um, I've always been in favor of legal immigration. I've always been open to the idea that we can adjust our legal immigration system to admit more of a certain type of worker or a certain type of person if we need them. But I've also always believed in the rule of law. I don't believe you should allow someone to to break the law and, and get away with it. Now, I think the Democratic Party or the Biden administration is being led around on this issue just like they are on gender and race and a few other things by a pretty small activist fringe, maybe you know, 15, 20% of people who are hardcore open borders activists. The rest of people are pretty rational. They may be in favor of, immig of more immigration, but they don't support open borders. Most Americans don't. So I think the only thing really that will motivate this administration to do anything uh, is when their own voters are rebelling. And you're starting to see that uh, blacks in Chicago and New York uh, Hispanics in border states and big cities are starting to complain to the Democrats that they elected that this is not what they voted for. Their schools, their parks, their facilities, their money uh, is being given to people who have never paid any taxes and are not here legally. So it's possible that the, that the Democratic Party will see this as an election liability and change course, but I don't think so any more than they're likely to decide that Biden's too old to run. Um, I think it's more likely that they'll keep going um, and that this will give voters a an opportunity in, in November to decide which candidate more fills their views on how immigration policy and border policy should be run. Yep, I. I mean, I just don't see. I just don't see a lot of these radicals backing off. I really don't. I, I see them kind of just uh, silencing a little bit, but still keeping their foot to the pedal and pushing the issue of uh, of open borders and 
and amnesty and a few other things that they that they want for all of yeah. these illegal aliens. Yeah, no, I totally agree. The, the activists are never going to change. I mean, people who believe that there's a human right to migrate and that every single human being on Earth has the right to show up at the U.S. border, say they want asylum, come in, and then go and get a job and live here forever, those people are not going to change their minds. But I don't think that's the majority of the party, of the Democratic Party. It's certainly not even a percentage of the, uh, of the Republican Party. Maybe Libertarians... Uh, they're all for it. So I, I think uh, that the, the electorate, and we've seen, seen this in the New Hampshire uh, primaries and Iowa, uh, the electorate is not in favor of open borders. And they are seeing in their cities and towns the, the disaster that this blank check is going to cause for them and for their children and grandchildren. So I, I, I don't know. It, it's going to be uh, it's going to be a choice this fall uh, between. Uh, let's say that the least popular candidates that either party has put forward in generations. Um, and But I do think immigration is an issue that will swing some voters um, to the right on this one. You got it. Simon, thank you very, very much for taking time to be with us today. Folks, we've been speaking with our good friend, Mr. Simon Hankinson, uh, with uh, a senior fellow at the Heritage Foundation in Washington, D.C. Simon, we'll be back uh, in contact with you so we can get updates of what is happening in that uh, crazy town called D.C. I'm always happy to talk to my friends in Texas. You got it. Once again, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio. And we've got a new guest with us. Um, We're very happy to have the uh, Zapata County judge, uh, Mr. Joe Rathmull. And uh, for those of you uh, not in our state, um, a county judge is kind of like the county executive uh, here in Texas, and so he is in charge of the county. Zapata County is uh, south of San Antonio, uh, southwest, I guess, of San Antonio, and it's uh, on the border. And uh, we wanted to reach out to him because given all the flurry of activities that have happened this week uh, with the attempted uh, uh, impeachment of Mayorkas, uh, the visit uh, a week ago of, of uh, several governors to uh, Eagle Pass and Del Rio, and uh, all of the activities that are going on. Uh, I wanted somebody uh, who is in charge of a county to give us his perspective of what is happening uh, at the border crisis. We're, uh, uh, we're interested in what's happening in the, what we call the first phase right there at the border, as well as okay. what is happening at the second phase, which is uh, like in Denver and in New York. Uh, welcome to the show. Thank you very, Thank very you, much Mr. for, taking time, for yes, taking time to be with us. Uh, tell us, Judge... What um, what's the border crisis like in your county right now? In our uh, in Zapata County, uh, which we have uh, our county seat, which is the town of Zapata, we do not have any incorporated cities uh, within our county. We're a small rural county of about fifteen thousand residents, uh, mainly uh, uh, outdoor activities, raising livestock, and of course, we're the home of, of Falcon Reservoir. Uh, worldwide known for its huge black bass so uh, we're very comfortable living uh, along the border here in, in Zapata County the, the migrant crisis we, we do have uh, some effects of it of course not to the extent uh, that our neighbors our neighboring counties to the north are seeing especially in Maverick of Valverde and and, uh, and those areas and south of us you know in the Cameron Hidalgo uh, they're seeing uh, much more uh, traffic than uh, than what we're seeing here in our county. Uh, Dockton Reservoir is a pretty uh, good-sized reservoir, and, and it does serve as a uh, pretty uh, a strong barrier to, to make any easy access across the river a little bit more difficult. So I think that helps us. Uh, but given that, uh, uh, we're uh, the commissioner's court here in Sapata County, which is the government governing agent, uh, body of the county, uh, is in full support of Governor Zabit's efforts to secure the border. Uh, we have declared a disaster area in our county, and uh, uh, given that, uh, we are participating in Operation Lone Star uh, that brings resources into our county, into our small sheriff's department, which we have limited resources to fund. So it has been a, a very valuable uh, program to, 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 especially those small rural counties, in our efforts uh, to help the governor's uh, initiative out. Uh, we also uh, uh, invited or uh, have stationed uh, 
the Texas military, the Texas National Guard here for two years, and, and they've been good partners uh, in our community in, in trying to, to keep our community safe and, and keep keeping the border secure. And as I mentioned, we, we don't, we have some numbers that we deal with, especially uh, drug interdiction, and uh, but the amount of illegal uh, traffic or of, of human trafficking is, is not present as we see in, in other counties. Let me ask you, um, we have seen in other counties, other county judges that we have um, uh, interviewed, um, the uh, property damage of, uh, of ranches uh, and farms, the property damage of fences in particular, and also um, chases, vehicle chases. Um, do you see any kind of, a, of um, problem like that? Oh, we see some vehicle chases, not not uh, the numbers that uh, that other counties are reporting uh, in those high uh, volume traffic areas. And as far as damages to the ranches, there there's uh, been a limited uh, amount of instances that I've that I've heard about, but uh, not a overwhelming amount. And that's due to the fact that we just don't have the uh, huge numbers of individuals uh, uh, coming through our county, which I think we're we're fortunate in that respect. Gotcha. Uh, your sheriff's department, how many deputies do you have and uh, how much of an area do they cover to um, to patrol? So our border with uh, with Mexico along the Rio Grande uh, extends um, uh, about 50 miles or 50 to 60 miles of river. Um, and so basically we have U.S. Highway 83 uh, tra- transversing the, the county. So that's the, the main uh, roadway uh, that connects the, our county with, uh, of course, Webb County and the city of Laredo to the north, and then uh, the cities of uh, Star and uh, of Rio, Rio Grande and, and Roma to the south. So that's the major road that, that uh, we patrol. Uh, and so it's about 60 miles of, of roadway. Of course, the, the county is, uh, I believe, close to a million acres in wow. size. So it's a, it's a relatively large uh, county. And it's it's mainly rural areas, ranches, uh, pasture land. So uh, we're very uh, and privately owned the majority of it. So uh, ranchers uh, tend to to uh, take care of the, their own issues. Gotcha. Do you uh, do you have any um, a- any spillover from the cartel violence on the other side of the border? There have been uh, in the last few years a few instances that have been uh, uh, very troubling. Uh, we did have a. Uh, what I guess some could describe as a as a hit uh, on on an individual here, a murder here in in our in our county uh, a couple of years ago that that had all the the markings of a of a cartel hit. So yes, we 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 have experienced uh, very limited, but we have experienced some of that violence. Wow. Do you um uh, do you have any advice? I mean, this morning uh, we had a report from the mayor from the mayor of Denver. Uh, saying that you know they're they're out of uh, space, they're out of uh, uh, capacity. They have no more capacity for uh, migrants uh, to be bused to their area. What is uh, what what is your thought? Whenever you hear well, that? I, I certainly feel for those uh, cities, uh, and I certainly, as a small rural county, uh, we would uh, be uh, have no way of, of containing or or su- supplying uh, uh, that large number of, of, of folks in our community that we just don't have the resources. I mean, even those larger cities are struggling uh, with the number of individuals they're having to, to care for. Uh, so, uh, like I mentioned, we, we are fortunate that uh, I believe the Falcon Reservoir provides a, a substantial barrier for large numbers of, uh, of individuals to, to cross easily. And I think that's helping. Uh, and, and we don't have also, which I think contributes to the to the smaller number of, of, of crossings. Is we don't have a port of entry in our county. Uh, we don't have we don't have a bridge. So uh, there is no bridge traffic uh, in our county, and uh, and that also I think uh, inhibits the, the number of, of crossings of, of um, uh, uh, illegal uh, migration that that uh, would occur yeah. if we did. So, you know, in spite of the fact that you don't have the um, the traffic, has uh, your county been affected in any way, particularly like uh, the deer leases? There's a lot of deer hunting, as there, well as uh, some, of course, yeah, yes. Uh, uh, it, it, so, uh, like I mentioned earlier, uh, 
Taka Lake, which is famous for the huge black bass. bass that they grow, yes. Uh, yes, uh, many uh, anglers uh, from across the state, especially north of, of the area, that, that are not familiar. And, and, of course, hear the stories of, of what's going down on the border are hesitant uh, to, to come down and, and enjoy the lake. So that it, it surely affects it in that respect. There, we we don't have haven't had any incidents on the lake, but but just uh, uh, the mere fact that we are on the border uh, does does uh, tend to uh, allow people to shy away from from making a decision to come visit and enjoy our area. Yeah, the fear, the fear, I guess. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Judge, thank you very very much, folks. We've been speaking with uh, a new guest, Sapata County uh, Judge. Joe Rathmull. Judge, any closing thoughts that you would uh, have for our, our listeners? Uh, so there's, there seems to be an effort to, to try, try to bring this crisis under control. Hopefully uh, everybody can get their hands around it and, and, and come to an agreement and, and have a, a, a good, secure border uh, here in the near future for mm-hmm. everyone. You got it. Once again, thank my friends, George Rodriguez talking to you. And uh, we want to thank uh, our, our friend, our new friend, uh, Sapata County Judge Joe Rathmore. Thank you very much, Judge, for spending some time with us. Thank you, Mr. Rodriguez. Yes, sir. Once again, George Rodriguez and Conservador talking to you from San Antonio. The Federation for American Immigration Reform, known as FAIR, fights to restore common-sense border controls and immigration policies that work for America and its future. America's immigration system and border controls have been decimated by Washington politicians and special interests, undermining the interests and security of the American people. FAIR mobilizes grassroots activists to make sure the voices of the American people are heard in Washington. Find out more about FAIR and what we do by going to FAIRUS.org. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio. And uh, we've got a new guest with us, Miss Ella Jo Morris, who is the um, uh, politics editor for uh, Breitbart in New York City. And she's also a columnist. I wanted to get her on because um, uh, to give us an update of what is happening in New York City with the uh, well, in, in New York in general, what is happening with the migrant crisis? Emma Joe, thank you very much for taking time to be with us today. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And, and I, I appreciate your interest in this topic. I know it's across the country from you, but it's definitely a huge thing in New York. And, and your intro is correct. It's not just New York City. It's statewide. Uh, and I've written about this pretty extensively uh, from, you know, where I live in the city to upstate. I mean, this is heading all the way up to the Canadian border. What is going on uh, with with the uh, situation? We've read about the... Uh, the police officers were attacked, and we've heard we've we've also read a lot about the uh, situation with the homeless uh, migrants. What's going on? What's give us an update of what is going on right now in, in New York City? Yeah, I mean those are those are two two big headlines that have come of it, uh, but there's so much more to it. Uh, first of all, y- yeah, so the city is being absolutely uh, inundated. It's being completely overwhelmed. So much so, actually, that the city is busing migrants to stay all the way throughout the towns of state. Uh, you've got towns near Albany and Schenectady County, which are in the Adirondack region, um, the, the region just, just as I said, below the Canadian border, that is being being swamped with illegals coming and, and staying in motels, being bussed up from the city by Mayor Adams, who's basically become the de facto uh, governor of the state. But in terms of the city, yeah, I mean, first of all, there are swaths of Midtown, uh, you know, around, you know, the Roosevelt Hotel has made a lot of news around Times Square, um, over up to the west side, uh, where it's just, it looks third world. Uh, You have people from all over. These are not just Central American and South American migrants. These are migrants from Africa, from the Middle East, uh, sleeping all over the ground, uh, setting up kind of like camp um, all over the streets Um, and then obviously that changes the aesthetic of the city that's for sure but with that you also have a lot of crime you have a lot of people in desperate situations or I don't know what but 
uh, you have people going, there's, there's many crime rings and gangs that are forming where you have people going around on mopeds, snatching phones, uh, snatching purses out of people's hands, uh, who are walking down the street. Um, and then aside from that, obviously the violence that we saw in Times Square against this NYPD officer and you have Bragg, Alvin Bragg, the district attorney saying, uh, that he's, he's going to maybe add charges. I mean, this is a joke because it's coupled with the complete, uh, abandonment of law and order that you, you see in New York in the last few years where there's no cash bail. I mean, these migrants that beat the life out of this NYPD officer, these two NYPD officers, they, a bunch of them are out of jail already, and they're on their way to California. So um, this is all a joke, and it's quite third world, honestly. It's, it's completely, I mean, even just on a subway, you know, I'm a frequent subway rider, as me and three million other New Yorkers, and you see um, many children working on the subway selling candy, many women uh, with babies strapped on their backs also selling things down there. Uh, sometimes it's fruit, sometimes it's candy, churros. And it's just something that you're not used to. You're not used to seeing child labor in America, uh, yet right in New York City, get on the subway at any time of day, and you're seeing kids working there that could be in kindergarten. Now, we have heard about um, the um, proposal, I think it is, uh, or maybe it's already going to happen, uh, of giving my, uh, the illegal aliens some um, credit cards. Uh, yeah. It, it, what is that all about? Yeah, that's uh, some genius thinking out of New York again on this issue. I mean, honestly, the way it's been handled is a disgrace. It's a disgrace. I mean, it puts, whatever. I mean, listen, so this program is basically Mayor Adams is saying that uh, they were giving migrants who are staying in these hotels, because they've basically taken over hotels, just for context for your audience who might not be up on what's going on specifically in New York. They take out hotels for migrants. They basically, the government contracts hotels to, to act as shelters for migrants. And in these shelters, they obviously need to feed them. So they have been giving them like pre, pre-made meals to eat. Um, and the mayor has noticed that apparently... Uh, people don't like the food and there's a lot of food going to waste and also that food is obviously being delivered to the hotels and the city is paying for all of that. So Mayor Adams' bright idea was, and I'm sure that this would never be an incentive, he thought, um, was to give migrants $1,000 a month on like these debit cards, basically, like prepaid cards, which comes out to like something like $35 or $40 a day. Um, give them these debit cards for $1,000 a month to buy their food themselves so that they don't get meals that they don't like. And apparently, so the city saves money on the delivery service fees for, for giving them the food. Uh, if that isn't an incentive to come to New York more while the mayor claims that we are maxed out, there's too many people, we can't afford it. He's like yelling at Kathy Hochul, the governor, for more money. He's yelling at Biden for more money. Uh, nobody is seems to be obeying. And also, we're going to uh, give migrants a thousand bucks a month. Uh, it's I don't know. I'm not smart enough to make sense of that. I'm sorry. That's incredible. <laughs> Here in San Antonio, we've run into the same situation where at the migrant center, the uh, migrants don't like cold food. They don't like the sandwiches. Which is amazing yeah. to me because, I mean, uh, isn't there an, an old saying that beggars can't be choosers? Right. You know, that adage. Yeah, it's funny. You know, when so <laughs> about a year ago now, um, th- there was one hotel, the Watson Hotel, that had some sort of like a little revolt. So this was one of these hotels that um, the migrants that has been transformed into basically a migrant shelter. And the migrants there had like a little protest, revolt kind of thing against Mayor Adams because uh, eventually they were trashing the hotel and the entire area was kind of getting really squalid. So they tried to move the migrants into a tent camp that they set up, except it was February. So the migrants didn't want to leave the hotel to sleep basically outside uh, in this kind of like really makeshift structure because they obviously preferred the heat in the hotel and the beds and stuff. And so I went down there. They were just refusing to leave. So I went down there to try to check it out. And, you know, I'm a journalist, try to maybe talk to some people. And I got the same refrain, which was basically, you know, these accommodations are good. This isn't comfortable. 
you know, it's people snore was one of the gripes. It's incredible. It's like they think they're coming to the Garden of Eden. <laughs> My God. It's amazing. Let alone them and five million other people. It's like... Uh, I don't know what you thought you were getting in the first place, because where I'm from, if you don't work and you don't earn money, you don't live in any luxury. <laughs> and incredible. also, even if that was the case, how are we supposed to give the luxury to you in the entire third world? It's it's preposterous, and I don't know what the expectations are. Uh, I don't know where they came from, um, but this is obviously a different understanding of what America is, a different culture, uh, very strong entitlement. It's pretty uh, pretty amazing. It, it really is. It, it really is. Um, real quick, in, in, in conclusion here, what is there any type of reaction from uh, from the citizens, from the New Yorkers themselves at this point? Yeah, I think people are really noticing and are really upset. You have a lot of people who feel bad for them, um, which is understandable. Obviously, these are people who are destitute and you're seeing them in front of your face. And especially, like, you know, when I'm talking about the Strachmanger children who are hustling, selling chocolate on the subway, it's very sad, actually. And I think a lot of New Yorkers who are very liberal and progressive, obviously, feel bad but at the same time I think a lot of people are having kind of a road to Damascus moment right now as they're watching the city deteriorate and look absolutely unrecognizable from what they knew even just in 2019 2018 uh, who are saying there's got to be another way because we don't have unlimited resources and and unlimited benevolence here you it really does Emma Joe, thank you very, very much. We're gonna we're gonna be checking in with you periodically because what is happening in New York, uh, you know, we refer to it as the second phase of the of the border crisis because it's now yeah. the you know I mean beyond what is happening at the river, now it's happening in in, in the cities. So uh, tell oh, the folks totally, where they can yeah, follow. This feels like a border town. Yeah, thank the, you so much. Tell tell the folks where um, they can follow you. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter um, at Emma Joe NYC. That's J O, and um, I'm I'm writing I'm writing about this right now. I'm writing a column actually as we speak about the migration crisis and what it's doing to New York and, and America and the culture. Um, it's very sad to see. So please do follow my work. I'm at Breitbart.com. I'm on Twitter. And uh, thank you. Thank you so much. You got it. Once again, my friends, we've been speaking with uh, Emma Jo Morris, uh, who is in New York City, and we'll be following you. We will be back in touch with you soon enough to uh, to uh, follow more about what is happening in, in our big, biggest city. Thank you very much. Thank you. George Rodriguez, El Conservador, folks, talking to you from San Antonio. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you. And uh, what uh, I'm about to play is a segment of an interview that I did with uh, my good friend, retired San Antonio police officer, Willie Cantu, regarding the incident of the uh, New York police officers that were attacked by the illegal aliens. I frankly asked Willie, do you think it can happen here in San Antonio? And his revelations, his comments, my friends, are very, very disturbing. You, I want you to hear this conversation, this interview, because we have in our midst a migrant center that is attracting all sorts of illegal aliens, very few of which, very, very few of which are vetted. We don't know anything about their background. We don't know if they're terrorists, criminals. If they're carrying diseases, we don't know anything about them. All we know is that they are here and they keep multiplying more and more crossing the border because the border has been opened even more so. So um, without further ado, let's listen to this interview with uh, retired police officer Willie Cantu regarding illegal alien crime and the defunding of the police departments. We're going to talk, first of all, about a situation in New York City that I call the open borders meets defund the police, the defund the police movement. Uh, specifically, my friends, and I'm sure a lot of you have seen it, two NYPD officers who were attacked by seven, yes, yeah, seven, they said it was six, but it's seven 
Venezuelan illegal aliens who uh, were arrested and then released without bail by the local uh, DA in Manhattan. And, uh, uh, you know, my folks, my friends, this is literally the defund the police movement. And it's meeting up with the open borders where these folks who are illegal, illegal aliens are getting away with attacking police. If they'll do that to police, what are they going to do to you? Willie, could this, what do you think of the situation in New York City? And do you think it could happen here in San Antonio? Oh, 100% it can happen in San Antonio. So we have our own migrants here. Or I'm, I'm going to quit calling them migrants. I, I do it, but they're <laughs> illegals. You know, um, um, we, we got to, we call us call a spade a spade. They're illegals. They're illegal aliens here. They're not supposed to be here. They, they're here unlawfully. But there's no doubt that it is not impossible to happen in San Antonio. Now, the issue in, Santa, in, in, in New York I believe it was close to a migrant center there also. They were trying to disperse these people, and then they, these officers got jumped. The biggest issue is, you know, all around the country, what we're seeing is the liberal Democrats believe that these people are, are good people, and they're just fleeing persecution. And no doubt some of them are, but they don't vet them to find out who they are. So they're letting in everybody. And these people from Venezuela, and they're really hard to vet because the relationship between the U.S. and Venezuela is, is not very good right now. And, of course, don't blame that on Donald Trump. I saw an article with that. But <laughs> these guys have nothing to lose. They got here easily, and they've been given money, and they've been transported to you know, New York. Obviously, they came from our border, most likely, and, and they have nothing to lose. And, of course, the other part of this uh, soup sandwich is we have a, another Soros-bought DA, Alvin Bragg. He is, he's been in the limelight before our own, you know, because he was doing his own stuff. They're going after Trump as well. But uh, if you've seen the news recently, he's avoiding reporters. He won't answer questions. And uh, recently he finally did, but his answer was just ridiculous. You know, he didn't really have an answer. He just had to say something. I think the, the governor of New York, you know, probably got on him to say something, but it wasn't even a, you know, an answer worthy of anything. He might as well have not even said anything. But the other issue is that being here in San Antonio is we have that migrant center on San Pedro. And those people are free to roam, they're free to leave. They're free to go in and out, do what they want to do. And again, they, they have nothing to lose as, as well. I'm also hearing that some of them living in the apartment complexes around there. So uh, one of the other things that I, you and I were going to talk about, there is a gang called the Tren de Aragua. They're a prison gang out of Venezuela. And they're starting to migrate into the United States. Very hard to detect. Estimates are around 600 in the U.S., and they are here in San Antonio. We've had a group, a unit, specialized unit, tasked with identifying them and investigating their crimes because they're setting up shop here. So, you know, it, it just keeps on. The, the hits just keep on coming, That's George. Amazing. Now, uh, already, already there is the Salvadoran uh, M13 gang that's been operating in the United States for gosh, almost 20 years. Uh, we've already got... Let, let me say something about that now that you yeah. brought that up. Mm -hmm. The information is that they may look... Th this gang, the Tren de Aragua prison gang, make the MS-13 look like uh, kindergartners. Oh, my gosh. Well, that is the news. That is... Th that's scary. And, and and do you think, I mean, you having been in law enforcement, I mean, we do have local gangs, uh, little uh, street gangs, but we've also got the prison gangs. Do you think these Venezuelan gangs are going to hook up with these other characters at any point? Do you think that there would be any kind of connection for uh, mutual assistance, possibly? Well, mutual, and I would say the best of the worst, to hook up with them mutually, but the worst thing that can happen is that they have a gang war. Ah, yes. 
a, a turf war. Yeah, you know, we caught, have our we, own. We would be caught right in the middle of it. <laughs> right. So people should know that the Mexican mafia is the. They claim that San Antonio Bear County is their territory, and the mafia is a prison gang. They're operating within, and then they do things, you know, out drug dealing, extortion, any other crime that they that'll make them money. And um, there for a little bit, and I don't even know how bad it is anymore, but the uh, Orihuans were um, at war with them. But uh, I hadn't heard too much about them anymore. Orihuans aren't very organized, but there's a lot of them. But what the reason I mentioned the, the mafia is that because they claim this is their territory, if you're going to set up shop to do illegal activities, you have to pay them 10% of whatever you, I guess, may make. I don't know how good they are at keeping books, but, you know, yeah. whatever you estimate. And I doubt these guys are going to go, I'm not going to pay you anything, you know, so then that's going to become a, a, a war. Yeah. They're going to retaliate and, because they're going to be taking business away from the Mexican right. mafia. So, and and we, need, we need to emphasize to people, we need to emphasize to the common American citizen that because they are Hispanic or Latino doesn't mean that the Mexican mafia is going to get along with the with the the Venezuelans uh, or vice versa that you know that somehow because they are Latino they're going to get along. <laughs> I would venture to say that the mafia would be very very surprised on the way these guys operate because they're from a whole another world. Yep. These these prison gangs from other countries. So and. If they do set up shop and gain strength and are able to combat the, the Mexican mafia, as well, there's other gangs here too, prison gangs, uh, the uh, Texas Syndicate, the uh, Hermanos Pistoleros, things like that. They, if they gain strength and they realize that they can take uh, you know, an opportunity to, to take over San Antonio. And the way these guys operate, it'll be bad. Mm. It'll be really violent. And it's not like, you know, innocent people are, are going to not get caught in the crossfire. Mm -hmm. And that is the problem. Yep, they will. People, innocent people are going to get cross, caught, caught in the crossfire. Um, what, what's the solution to this? <laughs> to avoid this, if there is a solution <laughs> at this point. So the, the solution, I believe, especially with this issue at the border the you, you watch these uh, Democrat liberals like Mayorkas explain that they inherited this broken system and they work hard at, at fixing it and they work hard at, at, at whatever it, it's a lot of it's just you know word salads with with them but <laughs> it, I, I I equate it to if I have a plumbing problem in my house in order to fix it, I need to shut off the water first at yes. the source. Yes, first. Same first. thing with electricity. If it is so bad, then shut it off and work on fixing it because the damage is already done. Imagine if your house were already flooded, two feet in water, but you're like, "No, I'm going to continue to try to fix it. I'm not going to shut off the water." That doesn't make any sense. That's what these these idiots keep on doing, <laughs> and they're doing it on purpose. Oh, you yeah. know, we know that. So. That's the number one solution, but here to combat these people and, and, and just crime in general, the, the criminals in general, they need to allow the police officers to do, do the job. job. Exactly. To do their job that they're justified and lawfully able to do without any kind of recourse or investigations of social justice. This these issues that you're not treating them with compassion, integrity, civil these, rights. These guys, <laughs> the civil right. rights of I mean, illegal that, yeah, aliens. Yeah, we, we Let's think about that. The I mean, civil rights of illegal those. aliens. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> we, we understand those. The police understand those rules, and they will work within them. But when you have a DA, just like we're about to talk about, yes. that is held bent on social justice and not lawful justice, they're going to find a way to hem up officers in, in BS litigation. Right. That'll last almost two, you know, three or four years where these guys' lives are on hold. Right. And then putting their their lives in the hands of a, a, a good or bad jury. Yep. yep. That, 
Once again, my friends, that was an interview with uh, my good friend, uh, Willie Cantu, retired San Antonio police officer, and uh, our discussion regarding the uh, illegal alien criminals, uh, the open border, and how it is impacting on our public safety, particularly while we've got a very active defund the police movement. Once again, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio. Thank you for joining us today. I hope that you have enjoyed the show. I want to thank our guests, Mr. Sam, Mr. Simon Hankinson from the uh, Heritage Foundation, Senior Fellow at the Heritage Foundation. I want to thank Mr. Joe Rathmo, uh, County Judge for Zapata County, Texas. I want to thank uh, Emma Jo Morris. Uh, the political editor for Breitbart, as well as a columnist in New York City. And finally, my very good friend, Mr. Willie Cantu, a retired SAPD officer. I want to thank all of them for having joined us and uh, shared their their information uh, with us. I really, really appreciate it. I also want to specially thank FAIR, the Federation for American Immigration Reform, our sponsor. If you want to know anything about the border crisis, about legal immigration, the fight for legal immigration, my friends, go to FAIRUS.org. FAIRUS.org. You will learn everything that you can from them. So once again, my friends, thank you very much for joining us. So join us again next week, my friends, same station, same time, and uh, please don't forget that we post the show, we post the show on the KLUP 930 AM radio uh, website, as well as I post it on the El Conservador uh, website and Facebook and social social media all over the place. So you can listen to the program at your uh, convenience Uh, at a later time if you miss it, or you can share it with your friends and neighbors, my friends. We need to inform people about what is happening at the border and what is happening in your backyard because of the open border. So once again, my friends, thank you for joining us. Uh, I hope that uh, you will tell your friends and you will join us again next week. So until then, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas. The Federation for American Immigration Reform, known as FAIR, fights to restore common-sense border controls and immigration policies that work for America and its future. America's immigration system and border controls have been decimated by Washington politicians and special interests, undermining the interests and security of the American people. FAIR mobilizes grassroots activists to make sure the voices of the American people are heard in Washington. Find out more about FAIR and what we do by going to FAIRUS.org. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.